This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. We've been talking about academic freedom, and more specifically, the lack of it when it comes to our university campuses across this country. This is something that is supposed to be protected in this country. And, you know, certainly when when I was younger, when lots of you were younger a couple of decades ago, it, wa- it was a thing. You just knew that you get to university, push your boundaries, have conversations, think outside the box, and that now is not how it's done. And we've been digging into the study that was done by the McDonald Laurier Institute with Leger polling, which reveals that not only does academic freedom uh, not exist anymore, but we have huge numbers of, of professors who are now self-censoring or changing the way they teach uh, because they're frightened uh, or worried about blowback by a predominantly left-leaning academia. Let's bring in Dr. Christopher Dummett to this conversation, a professor of Canadian history at Trent University, but also a co-author of this paper called The Viewpoint Diversity Crisis at Canadian Universities, Political Homogeneity, I can't even say the words, I'm not going to, Self-Censorship and the Threats of Academic Freedom. Doctor, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. I might have to go back to university to be able to pronounce that, but uh, on this Friday, it won't happen today. Uh, Let me ask you, what what prompted this study? I mean, it's kind of been known and talked about for the last several years that academic freedom on universities has eroded, but what prompted this particular study? Well, we, you know, obviously it's been talked about, and there's been great work in the United States and the UK and elsewhere, but the crazy thing was that although anecdotally, you know, nothing in our study in terms of the basic numbers might initially surprise you, but they're just that we didn't have the actual hard research and statistics to back up what I think a lot of us knew. And so we wanted to do a study to see what was the level of viewpoint diversity? What was, you know, professors' experiences on campus? Uh, what was the, you know, what, what, what is there? Is there really a crisis of academic freedom? And so we wanted to, to find that out. Yeah. And so, I mean... On one side, I'm like, well, I'm not surprised to learn at all uh, about some of these things, like 88% of of professors on university campuses lean left. Uh, That doesn't surprise me. But it is a problem because what you reveal is that we've got professors who really aren't allowing academic freedom to exist. Well, it's it's a complicated picture, right? On the one hand, you know, I would say a majority of professors really do support academic freedom, and that was sort of the one piece of good information we got, or good news rather, out of the study. Uh, The dilemma is. It's twofold. One is that when you have organizations that are are so where everyone basically thinks alike, that are homogenous, that are that are that share the same values, that n- whether this is a university or a jury or a set of judges, we know that these kinds of institutions make a lot of mistakes precisely because mm-hmm. people don't speak up. The people who are making decisions or doing research just aren't exposed to different ideas, different useful facts. And so it's pretty alarming that this can be happening in our in our universities, which are supposed to be the very place where there are kind of like repositories of all kinds of viewpoints, the kind of from the craziest to the most mundane. Um, so 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 that's obviously a big problem. The the other thing is that there is, although most professors support you know academic freedom, there is a, a minority. In our study, we found about a third of of, of left leaning professors who would who would choose. To, uh, to 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 choose their their politics over academic freedom. You know, we we ran a, a variety of 
scenarios before them, and they they uh, that they, they opted to to choose uh, their politics and also even to support kind of the, the you know quote unquote cancellation uh, of a colleague if they did research that 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 didn't fit the right uh, uh, political story. Right, and, and so, gosh, I, where do you take this conversation? Nonetheless, I mean. <laughs> It's alarming because if you're going to these universities, which, you know, once upon a time, it was like the top levels of, a, of your high schools would go. Now everyone goes to university. You know, they're paying thousands of dollars to go to university. I think a lot of kids go to post-secondary, you know, education thinking, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn stuff. I'm going to have these robust conversations. We're going to argue. We're going to debate. If that's not happening, then they're not getting the education that they're paying for. Yeah, and I think that's really important. I think, you know, you, you know, you might respond to the survey, I think, you know, wrongly with to say that this is just a concern for, uh, for the people who might lean right, lean right or conservative. And we, 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 that's not why we did the study. We did the study because we, we fully support the idea of universities and just what you were saying that as sources of education, as sources of advancing knowledge. And we know that in cases where you have high levels of self-censorship and we're in institutions which largely think alike, we're unable to do these basic uh, fundamental features of what we want universities to do. Also, you know, the pursuit of truth. Uh, and these, this is not what we, this is not essentially happening. There are a lot of evidence of, of self-censorship. It's up to 57% of, of right-leaning professors. But even, you know, a, a third, but, but, but a third of left-leaning professors are also self-censoring. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. they're often re- reacting to a kind of very vocal uh, minority who who makes the consequences of speaking out on controversial subjects and sometimes not even controversial subjects just seem like not worth bothering. It, 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 the context it just it, it creates too much too much fear. Well, I think that that is in any industry. I mean, Lord knows there are topics I will not touch anymore because, it, like, honestly, it's a third rail. And I think there's that fear now um, that that goes through a lot of different industries where you have to think, okay, is it worth touching the third rail? I mean, you know, maybe not. But when did this erosion start? Um, do you have the kind of data to know where where the turning point happened? And did you get any student perspective as to whether they're okay with this or not? Yeah, so as to when it happened, we know from internationally that it's been getting a lot, a lot worse in the last uh, couple of decades. In Canada, the, the fact is the last survey of professors' kind of political opinions happened based on data from the 1990s, and, and the, the study that, that was done wasn't very useful. So we don't know how much is changing, but if the UK and US examples are, are, are useful, it's certainly in the last 10 to 15 years, it's been getting, uh, the imbalance has been getting a lot worse. There's actually a, a kind of a, a, a parallel study that by other colleagues of us uh, of ours at Kim of McGill and other places on students. Uh, they haven't published that yet, but I can say mm-hmm. that students are. It, it, it's interesting that there there are a lot of self censorship among students. Interestingly, age is a big factor in you know explaining why people are are, are more or less willing to, to to jettison academic freedom. And I think the student results, if I could speak for them, would say that there's a, you know a larger percentage of students, and just as we found a larger percentage of younger faculty uh, are more willing to to to, to throw academic freedom uh, uh, off the side. And so it's actually, if it's gotten worse, the evidence from our study and others suggests that it's only going to get worse if these people uh, continue to have the same opinions and and. Age through the uh, uh, through the university system. 
Yeah, well, I'd be interested in that data because I I bet there are a lot of students who aren't even aware that this goes on, and so therefore they don't even know what to question, which is uh, alarming in in its own. And so then how do you fix this? I mean, it didn't just happen overnight. Um, You know, this happened over a couple of decades. But how can we fix this where we finally get universities back to just being neutral? Like, you're just be neutral. I'm not sending my kid there for you to tell them who they're going to be. How do we get universities back to that place? Yeah, I think we follow what's happening in a couple of other jurisdictions. The, the UK is just passed, uh, uh, it's just in the middle of passing an academic freedom bill. And actually, Quebec is the one place in Canada where this is really leading here. And they've just passed Bill 32, again, another Academic Freedom Protection Act. And mm-hmm. we, ad- we advocate doing this kind of thing. So essentially, it's, it's insisting at the provincial level that u- universities remain politically neutral that they uh, that they protect academic freedom and that they see that as a kind of a core inst- core f- uh, factor in the university. And in fact, you could have an approach, something like the Canada Health Act, right? The Canada Health Act is something that says across the country, you're going to get, you know, Canadian national federal funds for health systems, as long as you just uphold the, these certain principles. And if, if, if provinces did that around academic freedom, saying this is the, the kind of the, the, really the major uh, value we have the pursuit of truth, academic freedom at universities, and and do this. Uh, 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 I, I, I insist that universities must do this. I think that a lot of uh, a lot of the problems would would be fixed uh, right there. Yeah, well, look, uh, I mean, we've seen the Ford government, I think it was Andrew Scheer, uh, you know, where they they push back and certainly freedom of, um, you know, learning on, on universities. And I think, you know, it becomes kind of a talking point, but it doesn't speak to the actual issue, which now we have the data on. It is a real issue. We do need to correct it. The other areas, um, you know, if a university can't do this, then, then they, why can't their research funding be taken? Yeah, well, I think at the national level, that's what we'd say, because a lot of the research funding, not all of it comes to the national level. And I think that those funding agencies, they should also have academic freedom provisions written into their uh, the way they operate. And also, I think, reviewed to make so that there aren't kind of, there are often hidden now, kind of hidden political loyalty tests in the form of, um, you know, diversity statements, which which don't ask you to kind of not, you know, be be against discrimination, but ask for a particularly politically loaded definition of what that means. And that's happening mm-hmm. in, in in job applications, in mm-hmm. uh, in research funding applications. And uh, I, I don't think a lot of people know to the extent to which these political loyalty tests are being written into the basic structure of the university. And that's that's also why the the, the academic freedom statements, which is the Ford government, and the Alberta government demanded, they didn't go far enough because those statements were left entirely up to the universities and the universities could write loopholes into those statements, which sort of said academic freedom, yes, but not in this context, not if it goes against this other, uh, this, this other policy. So you really need leadership outside the university to do this, to really insist on political institutional neutrality at universities. Professors themselves should be very opinionated, should be able to go in all kinds of directions, but the sure. institution needs to be something that everyone can trust at a time when we're, you know, the interest and faith into institutions is so uh, challenged right now. Universities should be the place where we can be certain that, uh, that everyone is welcome. Well, you know, you got to start asking, you know, what politician is going to fix this if it does play to their uh, to their bigger picture down the road. So that that becomes a concern, too. And just quickly before I let you go, doctor, you know, this is a study that also could be done, I think, in the high school level. Could it be done to find out, you know, if kids are being allowed to actually learn and not being kind of told this is what you've got to be because schools are all about social justice issues now? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, it'd be interesting to do this kind of study. I certainly think the issue about political neutrality, institutional political neutrality, and the value of of, 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 of making universities places for where, where all kinds of diversity points are there. I, I think we're, we're slowly becoming aware of the way in which certain kinds of values that we hold around inclusiveness are being weaponized by people from yeah. one political persuasion. Yeah. Fascinating study. Nonetheless, if I'm paying thousands of dollars for a post-secondary education, I'd be paused for thought on this and seeing if it's well worth the money. Appreciate your time on this. Thanks for having me. That's uh, Dr. Christopher Dummett, who is one of the co-authors of this particular study of the viewpoint of diversity crisis at Canadian universities. It's well worth the read because, again, you're going there to learn critical thinking. These things matter. If you're not getting it, why go?